Greetings, gamers. I'm Bed Ross. And I'm Shoot Cabal. And I'm the Messenger. And you're listening to Very Good Music, a VGM podcast. If there are more than one ninja, is it ninjas or just ninja? I think it's just ninja. Oh, okay. Then, ninja! everyone welcome back to very good music a vgm podcast and this is a super exciting show that we have for y'all tonight not only am i joined as always by my son slash co-host shoot kapow hi i'm tired (laughs) but we have a very very special guest um from the shadows like a ninja has struck host of his own podcast as well and patron extraordinaire um some have said the patron saint of vgm podcasts who is probably blushing from ear to ear at this glowing introduction i'm giving him because he's a super humble guy on top of all of that ladies and gentlemen and gamers of all ages alex the messenger messenger how are you tonight sir i'm doing pretty good uh i really do appreciate the super kind words that you're saying about me well, you're very welcome, sir. Um, it is a great honor to have you on the show tonight. Um, I'm glad I was able to uh, extend the invitation even before I had a Patreon and you signed up to, um, uh, you know, shameless plug here, signed up at the tier that gets you a chance to be on the show once a year. We had already worked this out beforehand. And yeah, it's just a, just a real pleasure to have you on tonight. Yeah, the pleasure is mine and I'm... Like I said before we started recording, like I'm really glad that you guys invited me onto the show. Well, it just seemed fitting, you know. Uh, I had been playing The Messenger this summer when you and I were talking about BGM and about podcasting, and it just, you know, I'd been looking for a reason to play more Messenger songs. And, you know, a Ninja episode always seems like kind of a no-brainer idea. So I thought, hey, why not have on The Messenger, play at least one song from The Messenger, and just kind of go into a little bit of uh, the world of Ninja VGM. And it's, it is it is funny, as you look at the playlist tonight, everyone, you'll notice we have three different tracks from The Messenger. It's the only uh, game that has multiple tracks on it tonight. Um, I would love to say that was by design, but it actually just kind of happened all independently of each other. We each picked Messenger tracks. <laughs> the rest of what you see on the playlist tonight, however, is 
you know, it, we've got quite a diversity here. We've got everything from Kirby to Killer Instincts and just about everything in between. There are a few games on here that I had never even heard of, um, and I just chock full of, what is it, Shukapow? Very good music. <laughs> yes, sir. So, Alex, why don't you tell us a little bit about um, why you picked Ninja's Respite from The Messenger as our play-in tonight? Well, I just felt like it was the best way to start the show and that it is the first area that you're in in the uh, in the messenger so yeah uh, couldn't really put it better myself what what more appropriate way to start the show than with the opening scene um, and you have played the messenger right right absolutely love what it. are your uh, yep I was gonna say what are your impressions of the game Um I loved it as well. Uh, being an old school platform guy myself, it really was like a callback. Um, what I say about a lot of the retro remakes these days is it played like my memory of the NES games I grew up with and SNES games, instead of playing like those games actually did, which honestly was not all the time super great. This game is just, it's smooth, it's fun, it's innovative, and uh, I loved it a lot. Did you... Um, do you have any, like, highlight favorite parts from the game? I think it's been long enough now that we don't have to worry too much about spoiler alerts. <laughs> uh, usually what's been the highlight for me on that is all the interactions that you have with the shopkeeper. The writing is just top-notch. Like, I found myself laughing quite a bit. It really is. Yeah, the shopkeeper cracked up me and my kids quite a few times. Um... Did you ever play this one, Shukapow? No, nope, not yet. Oh, that was uh, that was uh, your little brother, Lemon Boy, who actually started it, but never really played anything past the first stage. It's uh, um, Shukapow, as all of the listeners know, has lots of games on his list all the time, so I'm sure he will get to it eventually. But he does like the music. Speaking of music, um, we're going to go in what looks like a slightly different direction now. Um, I asked Alex to pick the play-in and play-out for the evening, and it just so happens that he is also the first in the rotation for each of the four kind of rounds we'll have on the show tonight. Alex, what did you pick as your first song of the evening? I picked Fireworks Factory from Spire of the Dragon, uh, Year of the Dragon. From the uh, original uh, PlayStation, and that track was composed by Stuart Copeland.
right, and from Spyro Year of the Dragon, that was Fireworks Factory. Alex Messenger's first pick for this evening on our... You know, I, I kind of forgot to even read in with the uh, title of the episode, which I decided to call A Very Good Musical Journey with the Messenger. Ninjas, or is it just Ninja? And what does this song have to do with ninjas, Alex? <laughs> Well, from my understanding and looking at a little bit of gameplay for it, uh, the main enemies that you're fighting in this level are ninjas. Uh, what they have to do with a fireworks factory uh, beats me. Huh. You know, it seems like you would almost, uh, if you were a dragon in a fireworks factory, you would almost have to be really quiet and stealthy and very cautious because, you know, when you breathe fire as just kind of something that you do, a fireworks factory is probably not the safest place to be. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, now you were saying when we were recording um, that you didn't really think this had that, that ninja vibe, you know, getting ninjas from the sound of this. I think just kind of how dancey it sounds, but you did kind of have a good point, though. Uh, with uh, some of the sounds. Yeah, it definitely does. It's more upbeat. Um, and dancey is a really good word for it than, you know, what you think of as typical ninja music. But it does have some sounds that I think we're going to hear over and over again tonight. Um, Shugapow doesn't really have much of a frame of reference for this, but this is pretty nice sounding for PlayStation. Oh, yeah. It's just the sound quality. Shukapa, what did you think of the instrumentation in this one? Mm, it was... It was quite interesting. Uh, not really what I expect from a track called a Fireworks Factory. <laughs> not a lot of bang and boom and bright colors or anything like that. Yeah. It's... Even for the up-tempo... Cool. Yeah, marimba, for sure. That's one of the things I was thinking of when I thought about, you know, that authentic uh, sort of eastern sound, the the wooden keyboard instruments. They use a lot of wood in their instrumentation over there. And, um, yeah, for even for the upbeat nature of the song, it is uh, it is kind of kind of subdued. It's got some kind of minor intonation to it. I'm not as much of a music guru as uh, some other podcasters out there, but, um, you know, this had kind of a darkness to it that I think is appropriate for ninja themes. But this next game is not one that I think of when I think of darkness. At least, not until you get to the final boss. Shukabao. We'll into that later. <laughs> Shukabao, what is our next song for the evening? Next up, we have Ninja Dojo from Kirby's Return to Dreamland, released by Nintendo and developed by HAL for the Nintendo Wii in 2011, and composed by Hirokazu Ando and Jun Ishikawa. All right. Ninja Kirby. <laughs> Let's hear... Uh, Let's hear where we're going to go from Spyro.
that was Kirby's Return to Dreamland with Ninja Dojo. And Chukapau, you don't really have to explain what this has to do with ninjas. Why did you pick this song for us tonight? Uh, back when I, uh, a couple of years ago, I 100%ed Return to Dreamland for the first time. But before that, I I really liked the game. It's it's still my favorite Kirby game to date. And Duskglide's over there. She either doesn't hear me or she's thinking Epic Yarn is better. So, back to Dreamland. <laughs> I mean, return to Dreamland. Returning to Dreamland. Back to return to Dreamland. That's Yay. interesting. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, you were saying that this uh, this game mode is fun. Yeah. Tell us a little about this game mode for the grown-ups here who haven't played Kirby. Basically... Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, in the Kirby games, there's an ability called Ninja Kirby, and I was going to pick one of the tracks and the levels where that plays. Then I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Return to Dreamland had uh, Ninja Dojo and stuff. So, I decided to do this. And so, basically, how Ninja Dojo works is... You can play against computers or with other people, and you have to use the Wii motion controls because those were fun. To now, they really they really were kind of fun sometimes. When this is one of the right, yeah, fun. this is one of the cases when it was actually pretty fun, but it was it was hit and miss, and yeah, motion yeah. control is probably the main reason that a lot of people I know um, just weren't too big on the Wii. Yeah. So anyway, you have to use the Wii motion control to like swing the Wii mode and try and throw a star at some moving targets that got progressively more hard to hit, and whoever had the most points at the end won. All right. Uh, Mr. Messenger, do you have much experience with um, with this or with the Kirby series in general? I can't recall when I've heard you talk much about Kirby. I actually missed out on this game, but the one thing I really like about this track is that it somehow even though it's like more of a modern kirby game it just has that that classic kirby sound to it like it sounds very similar to some of these other kirby tracks that were on kirby superstar or kirby's dreamland 3 yeah the kirby series definitely has i think the most consistent sound where it it evolves it it doesn't like stay it's not samey but it's definitely cut from all the same cloth. I think a lot of that is because um, Hirokazu Ando and Juni Shikawa have been involved in, like, it, one or the other of them has been involved in almost all the Kirby games. But you definitely have that right. Uh, now, Pshukapal, you were also saying while we were recording that there's a fairly recent Kirby release that you spent quite a bit of time playing today. Uh, yeah. With some of my siblings, Lemon Boy, and then... The two. twins. Yeah, yeah. The twins. <laughs> We uh, started playing some Kirby Fighters 2 today, which recently came out, and I absolutely fell in love with it as soon as I saw the trailer. <laughs> yes, he did. When I came out from uh, putting in some extra hours at work today, um, he actually said words I did not think he would go this far, but what did you say? I don't know. You said it was better than Smash. Oh. <laughs> well, I mean, that was kind of just like a little joke. Yeah, he was Smash caught up is, in the moment. Kirby Fighters 2 is good, but Smash is Smash. It's on a different level, but it did look fun, I will say yeah, that. Yeah, it's, it's really fun. Is Ninja Kirby in this? Is it one of yeah. the... Okay, yeah. It has become a pretty popular costume. And uh, if, you, if you liked the Return to Dreamland style of Kirby games, Return to Dreamland, Triple Deluxe, Planet Robobot, Star Allies, if you like that type of control for a Kirby game, this is basically that, but it's a fighting game. 
It's um, Kirby versus Kirby versus Kirby versus Kirby. But there are actually other characters in it now, too. Yeah, there's so. Bandana D, Gooey, <laughs> Meta Knight. Magalore. Yeah, Magalore and King Dedede. Yeah. For so anybody far on the who, Beetle main. Uh, for, any, for anybody who has not checked it out yet. Um, yeah, interestingly, Beetle from The Legend of Zelda is also in this. <laughs> no, the, the Beetle hat Kirby um, is the one that he's talking about. But no, if, if anybody who has not checked it out and is interested, go ahead, check it out. Um, Alex, also, thank you for actually talking about the music. Uh, anybody who listens to our show knows that sometimes we kind of go off on these tangents. So, um, well... Keeping with the sort of cutesy theme that we are interestingly um, going with for the first round of our ninja songs, <laughs> the song that I have for my first play of the evening is from Mystical Ninja, starring Goemon, from the N64, released in 1997 by Konami. Uh, this track was composed by either Shigeru Araki, Yusuke Kato, Saiko Miki, or Yasumasa Kiragawa. The track is called Compira Mountain. was Compira Mountain from Mystical Ninja on the N64. And Alex, you and I were saying while the song was playing that this isn't a game, you know, I've got a lot of experience with. Uh, really, the whole series, I haven't played it much. It looks really fun. I just haven't really ever gotten into it. But I've heard so many podcasters, including you fairly recently, play music from this series because it is just so dang good. <laughs> Does anyone remember that Goemon was a me costume in Smash? Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I do remember that. Um, it would be cool, I think, to see Goemon in Smash. I kind of feel like he might be a little too far on the fringe, but, you know, they've got Duck Hunt in there, so who's to say <laughs> what's going to happen? Well, I mean, that was Smash 4 where, they're at it, where they added a bunch of those characters. They've also already got three Konami reps, so I don't know if they're going to add on a fourth, but if they do, he makes sense. But... Um, Alex, what is your experience with um, either the series or the music of the series? 
I really do not know much about the series. I, I mean, I understand that we did not get too many of those games over here, and they looked pretty crazy, but the music, it's definitely some uh, very good music. <laughs> yep, it definitely is. And, yeah, it's interesting. Um, I, I feel like I, I've heard a lot about the writing in these games, kind of like you were saying about The Messenger. There's a lot of humor in the Goemon games. Um, I actually, when I was looking up information to add the track info tonight, I saw for the first time, he apparently is named after, I believe the Japanese folk hero's name is Ichiru Goemon, and he was kind of a Robin Hood figure in feudal Japan. Um, and so, yeah, a uh, little bit of trivia for anybody who did not know that. But, yeah, this is just a really fun piece. Um, you played a song from this game a few weeks ago on your podcast. Uh, which one was it again? Uh, it was I Am Impact. It was, uh, it was one of the vocal songs on there. Uh, oh, yeah. I thought it was pretty charming. I think charming is the perfect word to describe this series. <laughs> uh, Shukapal, you were kind of bobbing along there. You said this is a pretty cool song. What did you like about it? Um, I like the instrumentation and the melody mostly. That melody, As usual. yeah, the melody is something that we kind of keep coming back to. It's got that again, that Asiatic flavor to it. That I wish I knew a little bit more about the um, musicality from different areas of the world, so I could talk about it with more authority. Uh, Utopia Nemo, our mutual friend Alex, was actually talking to me today about wanting to uh, school me in Byzantine notation or Byzantine uh, scales uh, because we were talking on one of the servers about the five-figure fanfare episode from a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, just world music is a really cool concept for me. We talked about it a little bit on our VG International when Ed was on, but um, I would like to learn a little bit more about it so I could talk about it more. Regardless, though, as you said, it is very good music. But going from our uh, sort of chibi ninja block, I suppose, into something a little bit more uh, gritty, a little bit more combative. Alex, what have you got to introduce our next block of songs? Yeah, I decided to uh, bring us a little something from Mortal Kombat, the original one. The track is The Courtyard. It came out in 1992 by Midway for the arcade and a bunch of other systems. And it was composed by Dan Forden.
again from our special guest, Alex Messenger. That was The Courtyard from the original Mortal Kombat in 1992. All right, Mr. Messenger, why did you go with this track and this game? Well, I went with Mortal Kombat because in that entire series, there are quite a number of ninjas on the rosters. That is true. That is true. Oh, it's like you got you got Scorpion and Sub Zero. You know they're looking pretty much just like each other. Then, like in the sequels, you know you got all the female ninjas, and it seems like every color in the rainbow. There's a red one, a green one, a purple one. Yep, you got Scorpion. Of course, is yellow. Sub Zero is blue. Then, of course, you have Reptile in the sequel, who is green. Then there's Smoke, who is gray, and smokes not like cigarettes but from his body um <laughs> and then after that it was like ermac and rain of course there was noob cybot um uh, the all black character um who apparently since then has gotten a pretty cool little backstory um from what i've heard i kind of fell off of this after uh, mortal kombat 4 on the n64 <laughs> And I've kind of just followed it from a distance since then. What is your history with the series, Alex? Well, I actually started way, way later with the uh, the reboot for Mortal Kombat, which I want to say that came out in 2011. And I liked that game so much that I went back and played the, the original three and actually kind of enjoyed those quite a bit. That is cool. They, they're they definitely representative of the time when they were made. Um, but there was definitely a charm to them. It was cool to see something that wasn't Street Fighter 2 get to be such a big deal. Um, and it's really so, so different in the, the gameplay style and in everything. <laughs> when we started playing the music, Shukapau jumped in with the uh, Mortal Kombat theme from the movie. <laughs> <laughs> And you and I were teaching him a little bit about how it actually didn't come into the game series until way, way later. Um, where did you say you think it popped up as kind of a joke song? I want to say it popped up in the uh, most recent Mortal Kombat, Mortal Kombat 11. But I think like just as a joke. Yep, Mega Man 11. <laughs> yep, no, not Mega Man 11. So Mortal Mega Kombat, Kombat 11. 11. Although Mega Man was not one of the many, many DLC fighters in Mortal Kombat 11, which include the Joker, Robocop, the Terminator, <laughs> Spawn, <laughs> lots of lots of crazy guest characters. Uh, was, that Mag- the, was that the one with Link? Or was no. that a different fighting game? That was a long time ago. That was Soul Calibur 2. <laughs> was it 2, Alex, that had Link in it? Yeah. I yeah. can't remember. And actually, coincidentally, uh, Spawn was... I think on the Xbox version of Soul Calibur 2. Oh yeah, um, actually yeah, you made a connection without even realizing it, Shukapau. Spawn was on the Xbox version of Soul Calibur 2. And then, I feel like it was Heihashi on the PlayStation version? I think that sounds right. Uh, he's a Tekken dude, right? Fighting games are a little bit outside my purview. Uh, <laughs> uh, I want to say yes. <laughs> Not an expert. Okay. Which... Tekken, um, there was actually a classic like box art Mega Man costume in one of the more recent Tekken games, to bring it all full circle. <laughs> so, the music. Uh, I gotta say, from my own personal perspective, a lot of the music in the early Mortal Kombat games um, 
was one of the things that was not as great as Street Fighter to me. Um, it didn't have a lot of the same catchy kind of melody to it. But Mortal Kombat also, it just it wasn't as bright and like, um, I guess, in your face as Street Fighter was. Uh, the color palettes were a lot more subdued. The whole mood was a lot more subdued. It was a much more serious game. And I do think the music kind of fits that. Um, what made you pick the uh, Courtyard out of the other songs in the game? Well, that stage and that song is like the f- very first thing I think of when it comes to the music of the first Mortal Kombat. So, I mean, I'm like, I'm just picturing that stage right now. Like, you know, you, yep. you're fighting against whoever, like, I, I don't know, let's just say, you know, I'm Scorpion and you're Sub-Zero. You know, we're both fighting each other and there's all these monks and stuff in the audience and then... Sitting up on his little throne, you got Shang Tsung, the the uh, main antagonist of that game, just watching you guys fight. Yeah, back before we even knew Shao Kahn was a thing, although he was apparently already doing the uh, the voice work. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure that they used that same uh, um, fight, finish him, voice guy, as the voice of Shao Kahn in the sequel, so... Um, but yeah, this this was really cool. Mortal Kombat is definitely a piece of uh, video game history. Definitely some good music here, and um, like you were saying, uh, ninjas galore in this game. But that brings us back to um, our sort of special game of the night. Uh, and for the record, I do want everybody to know that Alex was calling himself the messenger in VGM podcast circles long before this game came out in 2018. <laughs> but um, going back to 2018 with the messenger, Shukapau, what is our next song for tonight? Next up, we have Phantom of Yore from the messenger. All right. Composed by Rainbow Dragon Eyes. Rainbow Dragon Eyes. We'll talk a little bit more about that when we come back. was Phantom of Yore from The Messenger. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> and we didn't mention this last time, but both the play-in track and this track uh, are from the past 
version of the messenger. One of the really cool um, mechanics in this game is that you can go from past to present. Uh, sometimes, like in this song, to uh, like in mid-fight, you can go from past to present, and it's really cool because it changes from this sort of pseudo. Um, tracker-style chiptune, like you heard just now, to a more FM sense, like SNES, Genesis-style kind of sound. Um, and I just thought that was a really, really cool touch. We've talked on this show before about how Rainbow Dragon Eyes doesn't stick as strictly to the family tracker limitations as some of his um, contemporaries do. But what he does come up with... Um, is it's not everybody's cup of tea. I know I do have at least one listener out there who is not a super huge fan of the Messenger tracks, and uh, <clears throat> I will not name you, sir, but sorry about that. <laughs> you will enjoy a lot of the other stuff on this show. But I'm, I'm a big fan. Um, if uh, anybody is interested in hearing more from Rainbow Dragon Eyes and more about the Messenger, um, Alex's and my good buddy Ed, who you all heard in episode 10 of this podcast and who many of you have heard on his own show, The VG Embassy, actually interviewed Rainbow Dragon Eyes back uh, in his first year, I believe. Um, that was a really, really cool episode. Um, I actually listened to it before I listened to The Messenger, so I ended up stopping it halfway through because I was getting spoiled, and then I went back to it lately after, recently after I beat The Messenger and really listened to it. Uh, but... Man, I've been talking for a long time. Somebody else say something. No. <laughs> Shukapow, why did you pick Phantom of Yore? It's funny because Alex brought the first track and you picked the last track, except for the credits. I just decided to listen to the final boss theme. You like final boss themes, don't you? Yep. What were you saying this kind of reminded you of? It sort of reminds me of, you know, those old, like, like you were saying, the, like, SNES, Genesis... Uh, like RPGs, like, like Final Fantasy. Oh, like battle the, themes. The battle themes from those. Yeah, yeah, I can hear that. What do you think, Alex? Anything to say about the song itself that jumps out at you? I mean, I'm just totally agreeing with Shuka Pal. Like, I think it's a really good final boss theme. Uh, I do see that it does kind of have a bit of a, an RPG battle sound to it. Uh, yeah, I just don't really have anything else to add. Yeah, that kind of driving rock rhythm and the cool, the, the little music box flares are really cool considering that the level right before this is the music box level. Um, so it kind of ties in with that. This fight was just amazing. Um, I remember being a little bit disappointed when I finally fought the Demon King because he seemed like this huge deal for the whole game and then his boss was actually, his boss fight was actually kind of easy. Sort of like Ozai. But then this one... Man, this was like the perfect level of difficulty for me for a final boss. It was fun, it was challenging, but not frustrating. I just had a real blast with this. That's what the song brought back for me. I felt like it did a pretty good job of uh, having you utilize all your skills that you've learned throughout the game. Mm -hmm. And it, it was a pretty good challenge. Definitely so. Definitely so. And Chukapau, this is a platformer. He was talking a minute ago about how we were talking about fighting games, and uh, he was just sitting over here like, I don't know what to say. Because for Chukapau, fighting games are Kirby Fighters 2 and Smash. <laughs> oh, Smash. Alex Messenger for Smash. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> it's like all of his attacks are money and VGM. <laughs> 
Oh, what would your final smash be, Alex? I would unleash my show onto everybody. <laughs> uh, just round all the characters out for a VGM journey and literally blow their minds with amazing music. <laughs> well, speaking of fighting games, we're going to move to a slightly different fighting game, and it does not get much more ninja than this. This track plays at the Ninja College which is the stage where you fight Ninjara, um, who is a lot of people's favorite character in ARMS, which came out for the Switch, published by Nintendo, in 2017. And the composers for this game were Atsuko Asahi and Yasuaki Iwata. Ninjara's theme, The Ninja College from ARMS. Alright, gentlemen, what did you think of that? It was very good. Very good music. Some, like, very ninja music. (laughs) (laughs) Now, this sounds ninja-y to me. (laughs) I know, I was thinking to myself, like, finally, it sounds very ninja-like. I really dig that flute. It's really cool that Japanese flute that's kind of like taking the lead and is sort of the electric guitar for this uh, <laughs> for this arrangement. Um, this is a really stand- standout track for me in ARMS. Uh, ARMS actually has kind of a lot of, of world influence when it comes to its instrumentation. It reminds me some of the sort of Street Fighter 2 um, tradition in that way. But uh, this honestly, when we when I really started thinking about what to play tonight, this was one of the first ones to come to mind. Um, I feel like ARMS, for as many units as it sold, was not as popular as um, I kind of expected it to be. It sort of seemed to fall off the radar after a little while. Um, And the soundtrack is just really, really good. I think it deserves more attention. It is cool that Nintendo finally brought a a rep to Smash. Although, what were you saying about that, Shukapa, while we were listening? I mean, I kind of wish they'd put Ninjara in instead of Min Min. And honestly, they could have made Ninjara an Echo Fighter. Yeah, I feel like they could have made a lot of ARMS characters an Echo Fighter. Um, did you play ARMS much, Alex? 
Uh, it was another one of those games that I missed out on. Yeah, we never bought it. We did play it um, a couple of months ago, I think. They had a Nintendo release like, for a limited time. You could play the full game for like 10 days or whatever. Arms um, is not one of my two fighting games. <laughs> no, it's not. Um, Lemon Boy actually liked it quite a bit, and I played it some with him. It did seem to be kind of a one-trick pony to me which is unfortunate because the aesthetic is really cool, the characters are fun, the music, as I've said, is phenomenal, but the actual gameplay, it just is kind of repetitive to me. Um, I've never been a major fighting game guy anyway, uh, but this was a very different style of fighting game. But, yeah, you know, it's interesting. I think that the reason they put Min Min in Smash instead of a fan favorite like Ninjara, from what I remember, is because the maker of ARMS, when Sakurai asked him which one they should put in, the guy who made ARMS said Min Min, because I think she's like his favorite. So, <laughs> it is cool to have some more uh, female representation on the Smash roster, though. Alex, who do you think, who do you think has a shot at being um, one of these next five Fighters Pass reveals? And if you could pick one character, who do you think you would like to see in Smash? Say Lloyd. Oh, I actually want Gino from Super Mario RPG. Ah, yeah. I've been wanting him for years. Yep, I think all three of us could agree on that. I love Gino. Maybe after I play uh, Link to the Past, I'll play Mario RPG. Do what? I said maybe after I play Link to the Past, I'll play Mario RPG and then Link Between Worlds. Maybe you should. Maybe you should. He's on kind of a retro kick right now. Yeah, Gino would be like my... If, if I could, I would say Gino. Um, I don't know if he's going to make it in. I kind of feel like with all the uh, Monster Hunter chatter we've been having lately, um, they're going to yeah. add the Hunter to Smash. Yep. Um, I feel like they might drop something at the Monster Hunter Direct or possibly at the next Nintendo Direct. We are about due for the next uh, character's reveal if they're really going to have all of them out by the end of next year. It's been so long. It's really only been about three months. I know, but... feels like a long time in COVID time. <laughs> and we all know, of course, who would you like to have in Smash Shukabout? Lloyd. Lloyd from uh, Animal Crossing. He's already in Smash. He's one of his villagers' side side special. <laughs> Shukabout is giving me the side eye. Uh, he's of course talking about Lloyd Irving, um, who he wants in Smash so bad that he named his Flat.io <laughs> account after it. <laughs> oh man! Now I'm composing Among Us fan music. And now we're coming up on. If that last one was kind of sort of a fighter's block. Um, with some of the messenger in there. This next one is really kind of mixed up. It's a it's a mixed bag. I went really retro here. Shukapau went really, really recent. Not, and not that recent. Alex like went in a totally different direction. <laughs> um, this is uh, this is the game that I, I had never even heard of before <laughs> before I saw it on Alex's list. Um, but it's also the one that when I did look up some of the basic information about it tonight as I was trying to find info, looks like it has a really, really interesting backstory to it. So um, we'll see how much of that we talk about tonight, but I would encourage anyone to go look it up. I'm leaving everybody in suspense, though. So, Alex, why don't you tell us what is coming up next? I picked Seattle Stage 1 from the game Ninja Baseball Batman. I that was not a that was not a typo. It's <laughs> Ninja Baseball Batman. Uh it came out in 1993 for the arcade. 
It was published by Irem America Corporation, and I might butcher these names, but it was composed by Hayashi Sho and Jitta. And that is a little bit suspect. I wasn't able to find that corroborated anywhere. It was listed on Zophar's domain, uh, which is one of the places that I look when I can't find it anywhere else. But we can talk a little bit more about this game (laughs) when we come back. Gamers, that was Seattle, the stage one theme from Ninja Baseball Batman. <laughs> and Chukapau, I think what you said sums up a lot of what there is to say about the song. It's very nice. Well, no, about the sound effects. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, it's very sound effects. It's very sound effects. Lots of sound effects, lots of uh, vocals that are sort of indicative of that 90s arcade sound. This is just delightfully weird and funny. Where did you find this game, Alex? (laughs) I actually first heard of it because of the angry video game nerd. He he had a video just pretty much saying this game exists. (laughs) All right. From him, that's pretty high price. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh... Honestly, yeah, it's definitely my kind looks... of game. Just go ahead. Oh, I was just saying, like, yeah. I mean, it's just got the right amount of weirdness that it's. It just seems like like my kind of game. I would agree. Um, it looks like a lot of other '90s arcade uh, beat 'em ups from the from the era, but the sprite work is really gorgeous. The animation is cool. The character designs are just fantastic. They're like these demon ball gloves. At one point, there's this like umpire who, when you hit him, his pads kind of fly to the side, and you see that his body is this giant skull. <laughs> and all the while, you're these like ninja robot superheroes with baseball bats <laughs> and uh, it, it's it's just delightful I, I recommend anybody to go and look some of this up um, this game was actually conceived by an American even though it was uh, published by uh, a well 
an international company. Irem is a corporation that I think is global, but there's an Irem America and an Irem Japan. And um, this was kind of a collaboration between the two. The game was conceived, or the concept of the game was conceived by a guy named Drew Manis Maniscalco. I don't usually have trouble with American names. But he basically came up with the concept after reading a lot of... Um, he was reading about the top grossing films in the USA, USA Today newspaper, getting this from the wiki, which I don't always like to do, but this one I just had to investigate a little bit. Uh, one of the top grossing films was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. The other one was Batman. And so I guess uh, he said during the development of the concept, he liked the word ninja because of it sounding mysterious. And so he just kind of threw a bunch of stuff together in a blender, and this is what came out. <laughs> one cool note is that the characters in the American version are named after uh, famous baseball players. Um, the red one is Jose, Captain Jose, after Jose Canseco. The green one is um, Ryan, uh, after Ryan Sandberg. It's Ryan time. The yellow one is Rod, uh, Roger, after Roger Clemens. And the uh, blue one is... Daryl, uh, not after the last Recon of VGM Fight Club, <laughs> but after uh, Daryl Strawberry. <laughs> and man, this um, I, I just I can't I just can't say enough about it. This does not sound like a ninja track at all. But I am so glad that you brought this song to <laughs> us tonight. Oh man, the I think yeah, my you... favorite part of the song is the um, oh yeah, <laughs> the Kool Aid Man sound. I mean, that is exactly the reaction that I was looking for when I picked this track. And especially telling you guys the name of the game. Yeah, I th <laughs> that just might be the highlight of the night. Oh, fantastic. <sighs> All right. Well, um, from one very different corner of the ninja world than we have uh, explored tonight um, to kind of another one. We are going to go into the world of games licensed from anime properties. An mm -hmm. anime that is very ninja-centric. Mm -hmm. Shukapau, tell us a little bit about this next song, and then we'll listen to it and hear why you picked it. All right. This is from Naruto Shippuden Ultimate Ninja Storm 4. The Ninja Take a Stand, released by one of my favorite companies, Bandai Namco, mm -hmm. for Windows, Switch, PS4, and Xbox One in 2016, and composed by Chikayo Fukuda. Very good. Although I do have to correct you on, it's not Shippuden, you Texan, it's Shippuden. Okay. <laughs> but let's go listen to the song. And we will chat about a little bit of Naruto when we come back.
And that was the Ninja Take a Stand from Naruto Shippuden Ultimate Ninja Storm 4. You can be taught. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, why did you bring us this track tonight, Shukapau? I mean, I just, like, it's it's a ninja track, so, I mean, I guess I just wanted to play some Naruto music. Do you like Naruto or something? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a good anime. <laughs> Have you seen any other anime? Um, I mean, just some stuff that Dusklight watched. You. And so this is the only anime that you've actually like picked to watch of your of your own volition. Okay, so all right. So, um, well, it's a it's an ambitious project watching Naruto. There's a lot of it. <laughs> um, yeah, very ninja centric. You said that uh, some of the instrumentation Im- instrumentation reminded you of the show. Mm-hmm. Like you, some you, yeah. uh, some of that like wood flute. I hear quite a lot in it. Very cool. Alex, what did you think of this track? Uh, going with, into it with uh, no context, uh, <laughs> I thought it was a very good track. Uh, I definitely got the uh, ninja sound out of that. And I was a little surprised with the uh, the orchestral sound in part. I just, I don't know. I just wasn't prepared for that. <laughs> Yeah, it's, um, this is, I believe, the only licensed, no, it's not, no, it's not, this is not the only licensed, uh, <laughs> property that we have tonight, so Shukapau's next song is actually also from a licensed property, but one that people were probably expecting a little bit more, um, but yeah, I also have no context for this, Shukapau, do you know anything about this game? Nope. Way to do your research, son, way to, way to bring content for the show. <laughs> um... But, alright, I have already kind of Wikipedia'd myself out for this evening after a Ninja Baseball Batman. Naruto is something everybody knows. Uh, if you, any of you listeners, are fans of Ultimate Ninja Storm 4 or anything in this series, then please enlighten us. We'd like to hear more about where this track came from. But it definitely has that nice, uh, you know, sort of a combination of ambient ninja sound, but also with some urgency to it in some of the... Uh, dynamics of the orchestra and it had a very grand um, Japanese sort of sound to it and that brings us to my next track of the evening which is about as retro as we're getting tonight um, before we get into my last track since this is about as old school as we're going to go I thought it might be about time to bring in a special guest who is coming out of retirement. He actually used to appear quite a bit on the Pixel Tunes radio podcast, hosted by our friends uh, Ed Wilson of the VG Embassy and Mike Levy of XVGM Radio. I am talking about none other than the star of the Ninja Gaiden games. This is Ryu Hiabusa, who is going to tell us a little bit about the history of ninjutsu. Hello there, it is I, Ryu Hayabusa, star of the Ninja Gaiden series. Now, I know what you must be thinking. Why is a successful entrepreneur like myself doing guest spots on, well, other podcasts? What can I say? A ninja's gotta eat, right? Truthfully, I've been notified 
that a VGM podcast has decided to do a show featuring ninja video game music, and by ancient law, I am obligated to give a brief history lesson of my ancestors' culture to the VGM podcasting world. Ahem. Ninjutsu was developed as a collection of fundamental survivalist techniques in the warring state of feudal Japan. The ninja used their art to ensure their survival in a time of violent political turmoil. Ninjutsu included methods of gathering information and techniques of non-detection, avoidance, and misdirection. Ninjutsu involved training in free-running, disguise, escape, concealment, archery, and medicine. Skills relating to espionage and assassination were highly useful to a... What? Wait, wait a minute. Bedroth, is this... Is this your playlist? What is... What is this? Where's the Ninja Gaiden music? There's not even anything here from Shinobi. Or, or Strider. Oh, the Ninja Turtle. Okay, those guys are cool, but... Ninja Baseball Batman? Kirby? Bedroth. Bedroth, Bedroth. Shoot Kapow. The Messenger. Alex, you should know better. You're a veteran. Ah, <sighs> Listen. Don't make me ninja slice, you guys. I'll allow this playlist for now. But if you come back, there better be some Ninja Gaiden on your playlist next time. <sighs> Anyways, I hope you guys enjoyed this teeny, tiny little part of actual ninja culture. Ninja, out. Oh, well, um, man, I guess I should have, uh, should have thought ahead there a little bit more, and, um, I guess I could have played some Ninja Gaiden instead of Shadow with the Ninja, but we did just play that Ninja Gaiden track on our Power Pros tribute, so, um, oof, I don't want to make a ninja mad at me, though. Uh, Shukapal, make sure you lock the doors real good tonight. All right. Anyway, um, <clears throat> okay, I need to go regain my composure, so, uh, let's just go ahead and listen to Shadow of the Ninja. This is the Stage 5 theme. And this was composed by Ikumizutani, um, great VGM name there, and Koichi Yamanishi. This game was published by Natsume, or Taito in Europe, for the NES in 1990.
was stage five from Shadow of the Ninja on the NES. And really classic, classic sound there. Um, what do Have you ever played any of the Shadow of the Ninja games, Alex? I think I actually played this game for like five minutes and that was it. This game, I rented it way back in the day, and the only thing I remember about it is that it's really, really hard. <laughs> um, <clears throat> like a lot of old-school NES games. But it's it's really, really cool. And it was um, similar, I think, to... Any, uh, any words about the track? Oh, it's really good. I dug it. This is NES? Yes. Sounds very nice. Yeah, it's really good. Natsume had a really good vibe on the NES. Does this remind you of any other game series by any chance? Mm, maybe Mega Man? To me, it sounds like Castlevania. You know, I kind of hear that. I was going to say, I, uh, I was mainly thinking of, I want to say, Shatterhand. Which, oh yeah, I believe that was also another Natsume game. That it was, yeah, for sure. I think that might also have been another Iku Mizutani jam, if I'm not mistaken. I think that one, let me actually go look it up, because now I want to know. Yeah, Iku Mizutani and Hiroyuki Iwatsuki, who um, I've definitely heard Mike uh, speaking of him a minute ago. Mike talks about them a lot on his show. He really is a big Natsume fan from back in the day. Natsume had a lot of these cool, like, side-scrolling, platforming-type uh, combat games like this. Uh, you mentioned Shatterhand, um, Scat, a special cybernetic attack team, which actually recently came out on Nintendo Switch Online. Um, yeah, back before they were basically just known as the Harvest Moon guys, Natsume had a lot of these really cool, old-school-sounding games. So, yeah, this has definitely kind of got that grungy, gritty, early 90s feel to it. So, I could hear this almost as like an adaptation of, uh, of a late 80s, early 90s action film. Huh. But that is going to bring us to the end of our third block of songs. And now we are going to go into one more fighting game for the evening. This last block of songs almost kind of brings us full circle on several things. It's got a fighting game here, has a side-scrolling um, licensed beat-em-up here that's very cartoony, kind of like the Ninja Baseball Batman game. And it also has our final track from The Messenger. And uh, what fighting game does our next track come from, Mr. Messenger? Killer Instinct. The track that I picked was the Tiger Warrior. Uh it came out in 2013 for the uh, Xbox One and Windows. By uh, It was published by Microsoft, and it was composed by actually one of my favorite composers, Mick Gordon. Mick Gordon. And this track has also been in my head all week long. Um, this is uh, Jago's theme, right? Right. Yeah, makes sense, since he's, the, he's kind of the ninja here. And um, I think that does become obvious a little way in. You start to hear his name quite a bit. And I'm going to have something to say about um, the voice in this track. But before I start rambling again, let's go ahead and get into it.
That was the Tiger Warrior from Killer Instinct. Oh, I probably should have said that was also Jago's theme. <laughs> Man, you can call this song whatever you want. Um, I'm just going to call it now. This this is my favorite song of the evening. There are some really great tracks uh, coming up as well. This, I think, is going to be our strongest block of the night coming up. We've had some really great songs on here, but this one, I could not get it out of my head all week long. Uh, so you talk first, because I think I'm going to go on about this for a little bit. I'm assuming that the thing that maybe we could all agree on was that the the throat singing was probably the best part of the song. Oh my gosh, so amazing! Um, tell us a little about that. What have what have you what have you looked up about that throat singing on this song? Uh, I actually really don't know much. Uh, I mean, I don't even know who was doing that. Oh man, I cannot wait to reveal this to you. Um, but I, I liked the whole thing. I really love how you know. Of course, it had the drums and the guitar, like the like you know the Mick Gordon sound. Um, but it also had the big like Japanese tanba drums and uh, of course the, the that Japanese string. I don't even know what it is they're playing, but uh, something like a a sitar is not Japanese, but it has that sitar sort of sound to it, which would make sense actually because I think that the tiger. The tiger's den, or tiger's lair, which is Jago's place, I think it's like a ninja hideout in a Tibetan temple, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so a sitar would actually make some sense here. And I don't think those are Japanese drums either, now that I think of it, because Mick Gordon, Mick Gordon would be more on point than that. So that throat singing, I was telling Shukapau, that is not a special effect. That is a guy's voice that is only enhanced the same way a normal voice would be. It, it, but that's not a special effect where somebody like layered the voice. Throat singing is a special technique that Utopian Emo, to mention him again, could actually tell us more about because in Gregorian chant it's kind of a thing. But you can teach yourself to sing using both the normal vocal cords that you use in everyday talking, but also, um, I don't remember what they're called, but like these flaps lower down in the throats that you actually usually use when you're clearing your throat. Like... <clears throat> But it comes out something, I'm going to butcher this, but like, something like that. It's got, it like vibrates between two layers of vocal cords. Mick Gordon taught himself how to throat sing, and that's him you're hearing on the track. No I love that response. Oh my god. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> that is that's your buddy Mick, man. That's your that's your guy. Oh, that's amazing! And when I learned about what he did for this soundtrack, it just it, it moved him up even more, a couple of ticks in my in my mind. Um, and you know, I'm actually going to reveal a couple of things here. Um, I had a big announcement that I was going to 
I was thinking about making it, but I'm going to actually make that next time um, about our uh, season finale for this season. We're really excited about it. Instead, I'm going to announce what our um, bonus episode is going to be for the end of the year. Uh, sort of inspired by BGM Lounge, we have decided to do a um, top 20 for the year. Shuka Pao and I are each going to pick our top 10 songs. And this one is now in the running. Um, I actually already made made a short list of some of my favorites so far. And this one is going to go on that list. Uh, this has been really good. So all of you can look forward to that at the end of the year. Um, second is that for our next season, for season three, uh, a little bit early to start talking about this, but we're going to be doing something a little bit different. And we are going to experiment in a season-long sort of subject matter. Um, every episode in season three is going to feature songs by a particular composer. Not like one composer for the whole season, but each episode will be about a different composer. And I believe you and I have talked about possibly for your actual uh, patron reward for this uh, uh, for that year that you're going to come on and we are actually going to feature the music of Mick Gordon. That still sound good to you? That sounded fantastic. I'm, I'm going to need an expert because I'm not super well uh, versed in Mr. Gordon's backlog. Uh, so definitely can't wait. Uh, this song makes me really excited to hear more from him. Shukapal, what words have you got about Jago's theme? Mm, it's it's good. It's it's. I mean, it's good. <laughs> That's all I've really got to say. Because your brain is buried in Animal Crossing right now. Yeah, I mean, that was turning off, actually. Shopping for uh, urinals and canopy beds. <laughs> Man, all right. <laughs> well, you're going to have to talk a little bit now because we're coming up on your last song of the evening. Mm -hmm. And what did you pick to close out your playlist for tonight? I picked, I'm pretty sure it's a classic, I don't know. <laughs> it is a classic, for sure. From Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 4 Turtles in Time, this is Sewer Surfing. The game was released by Konami for Arcade in 1991 and the SNES in 1992 and composed by Mutsuhiko Mutsuhiko Izumi and Kozo Nakamura. All right, and we could talk a little bit about this. Um, I think we actually have a little bit before about the instrumentation and who composed what and who arranged what. But uh, Sewer Surfing, it is a classic. And what you all are about to hear after I listen to both the SNES version, the Hyperstone Heist version from the Genesis, and the original arcade version, I settled on the arcade theme. I think there's some instrumentation here that's kind of unique and really cool. And uh, so... Let's go ahead and listen to the arcade version of Shuka Pao's last pick for the evening. Sewer Serpent! <laughs>
Okay, that was the arcade version of Sewer Surfing from TMNT4 Turtles in Time. And to call this a classic, son, is a little bit of an understatement. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Alex, what is your history? You've heard this song before, I know. Oh, yeah. It's definitely a classic. I feel like um, we were talking on one of the channels recently. I think it might have been XVGM about uh, what everybody's favorite is. Um, I know that Mike said he really likes uh, Neon Knight Riders. Uh, Ed really likes uh, Alley Cat Blues. I've always been partial to Bury My Shell at Wounded Knee, um, although Sewer Surfing is kind of like a standard. Uh, it's so much of a classic that when Brentel Floss chose a song to do lyrics to from Turtles in Time, he chose this song. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the whole soundtrack, front to back, is just fantastic. Do you have a favorite track from Turtles in Time? Uh, Alex? See, Sewer Surfing you know, would be a super easy answer. But I actually agree with Ed with the uh, Alley Cat Blues, uh, especially the uh, the arcade version. Mm hmm. It's funny because um, I I don't remember if it was XVGM or if it was Pixel Tunes, but Mike talked about that at one point. Uh, different versions of the of the game. And the Genesis version, for whatever reason, was completely... It was called something different. It had some different levels in it. It was called Hyperstone Heist. Um, but each one has a slightly different um, arrangement of it. <laughs> now that I think of it, I wonder if we could talk uh, Carl Brueggemann into doing like an Ultimate Turtles in Time album, the way that he did that Ultimate Street Fighter album, where he took um, instruments from the arcade version, SNES version, and Genesis version, and sort of made the best of all worlds versions of all of the Street Fighter songs. Man, I would kill to hear him do something like that for Turtles in Time. That would be really cool. <laughs> Shukapal, why did you choose Sewer Surfing? Mm, I mean, yeah, it's a classic. All right. As he said. Cool. And I said first. <laughs> and um, what have you to say about the song itself? The music, the in the instruments, the the Konami orc hits. <laughs> uh, it's mostly the melody. The melody I really like. This song has a super strong melody. One of the strongest melodies in the game. Because um, Alley Cat Blues is more about like the rhythm and just kind of the, the, the feel of the song. This one is super good, though. Um, before I move on to my last track of the night, um, I want to kind of give a little bit of a shout-out because I grew up with the... Um, the really cheesy 90s Ninja Turtles cartoon uh, that started out in 1987. Um, the enemies in this game, I'm pretty sure, never appeared anywhere else except in one episode of that Ninja Turtles cartoon. The episode was called The Case of the Killer Pizzas. It was episode 6 of season 2, and the Shredder got these little, like, egg things. I'm pretty sure they were from Dimension X, like everything else evil in the game was. <laughs> but they look like little meatballs. And he would put this single meatball on the pizzas before they went out to be delivered. And the heat from the pizza would make the meatball crack, and this little like demon-looking alien thing would pop out. 
eat the pizza, and it really did look like the, the xenomorphs from Aliens, except when it grew up, it was bright yellow instead of black. Other than that, it totally looks like a xenomorph. That is what the enemies in this level are from, is that one obscure episode of the old Ninja Turtles cartoon. <laughs> and I love it so much. <laughs> but that is going to bring us to our last messenger track from the evening not the last track from alex messenger because that's going to be our play out but the last track from the game the messenger you know in hindsight this was actually a little bit a little bit confusing maybe we should have had you come on for a show about pirates or something um (laughs) (laughs) Um, but for my last pick of the nights i went with something a little bit different my favorite song from The Messenger is, it really doesn't matter, either the past version or the future version of the song that plays on the Glacial Peak. Um, one of those versions, and I forget which one, is called The Frozen Light. And uh, this is going to be a cover of that song, once again composed by Rainbow Dragon Eyes uh, for the game, which was developed by Devolver Digital, released for Windows, Switch, PS4, and Xbox One, originally in 2018. This cover is my favorite version of this song, and one of my favorite covers from one of my favorite VGM cover bands, uh, Lame Genie, who um, did give me permission to play this song. Everybody, go check out their original video. They actually just recently released a live band version of this on their YouTube channel. I will have a link in the show notes. Um, And Lame Genie is super cool. They have all their stuff up on Bandcamp for Pay What You Like. Um, I encourage you guys, throw a little bit their way. A lot of bands are kind of uh, struggling right now, and musical artists in general. Bandcamp is doing a lot of uh, these things lately where on a, a random Friday they will waive their um, like what they get out of the um, every transaction and give that to the artist instead. So um, you know next time one of those rolls around, if you like this song, think about throwing a little bit lame genie's way. But without further ado, this is lame genie's version of the Frozen Light or Glacial Peak from the Messenger.
All right, and that was Lame Genie's cover of The Frozen Light, Glacial Peak from The Messenger, originally composed by Rainbow Dragon Eyes. And I have to say, on the uh, on the video, um, the original video that they posted here, um, Rainbow Dragon Eyes himself actually commented and said, wow, completely and utterly sick. And Lame Genie shot back with, no, you guys are sick for writing one of the greatest songs of 2018. And um, Rainbow Dragon Eyes said, thanks, I'll tell the rest of the band. And I was actually just now looking up, or trying to look up, who the band is that he's talking about. He's apparently been in several of them and been under a couple of different labels. I think that the band in question here is called Swashbuckle. It says that he's been a member of them since 2005. Um, he's actually just a little bit younger than me. He is... Uh, 36 years young so um pretty cool pretty cool um you might be doing something about this good when you turn 36 if you keep <laughs> composing at the rate you're at right now <laughs> shook about all right cool what did you guys think of the song that was very good i think that was an absolutely fantastic cover the instrumentation was really cool here, especially that kind of the back half of the song when they would like drop out or pick up a little bit, highlight just one instrument playing a certain part. Um, really, really cool. These guys have obviously been playing together for a long time. They really know what they're doing and they have kind of a feel for for uh, for how to trade off. Um, Everything's just really nicely done. When you see their live videos, you can tell just how much fun they're having. Um, on all their videos, they actually accompany the song with gameplay that a lot of times is kind of synced up with the music. And it's just, everything is really, really cool. Um, can't sing these guys' praises enough. If you want to hear a little more about them, um, they actually were guests on an episode of XBGM Radio with uh, Mike and Justin. Um, so go check out that video and go check out all their stuff. Um, really, really great tunes out there. And again, my favorite song from The Messenger, so nice way to close out our Messenger songs for the evening. And that is just going to about do it for us. Alex, why don't you tell our guests a little bit about where they can find you out there on the interwebs? Well, you could definitely hear me on my own show, A VGM Journey, and I have the emails and the Twitters for it. Uh, you could email my show at vgmjourney at yahoo.com, or you could follow the, the show on Twitter at a VGM journey. And we encourage everyone to do that. Alex's show is um, it's shorter than most of the other shows out there, which makes it a really easy just jump in and listen to a few great tracks curated by someone with more experience than a lot of us have uh, just listening to great VGM and really knows his way around the genre. Um, yeah, can't can't recommend it highly enough. Super great show, hosted by just a super great guy, Alex. Thanks again for coming on the show today. Well, thank you for having me on the show. And it definitely won't be the last time. This has been a lot of fun. Uh, Shukapal, where can our listeners find you? You can find me on Twitter at Shukapal, on Flat.io at Lloyd Irving for Smash, <laughs> and you can find the podcast. <laughs> on uh, YouTube. Just search uh, Very Good Music Podcast. We will come up. Um, you can also email us uh, at VGM 
at gmail.com. That's the best way to get a hold of me directly. You can also visit our Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash VGMBGM. That's probably, uh, it's a good place to go for news. I do some posts there about the show, um, things that are coming up. Uh, if you want to just go and leave a comment or something like that. Or, of course, if you want to, you know, throw a couple of dollars our way. Um, I would like to take this time here at the end of the night to list off our esteemed patrons. Uh, Carlos from the Heroes 3 podcast, who also did some of the great artwork for our show. Uh, Skeletroy um, of YouTube, who does uh, SNES thrash remixes and also composed our theme song. The Last Recon of his new show, VGM Fight Club, um, <clears throat> who is going to be joining us here in a few episodes with another special guest to talk about a really cool topic. And finally, the man himself, Alex the Messenger, Messenger, as you just heard of a VGM Journey video game music podcast. And you too can join the ranks of these amazing individuals for as little as a dollar a month. And anything that you can give is great. Uh, even if you just want to drop us a line on uh, email or a comment on YouTube um, or uh, a Twitter, whatever you guys call it. Um, yeah. You know, you kids these days on your Twitters uh, at Shoot Kapow. Um, we love to hear from y'all. Fan interaction is one of the things we love most about this show. Um, you know, send us some uh, suggestions, send us some ideas, send us in some songs that you just recently heard that you think are great and would like us to play on the show. We like to have little listener lightning rounds. And um, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and announce our next episode is going to be coming out on October the 20th, and that is going to be our closest episode before Halloween. So we are going to go ahead and do our Halloween topic next time. And this one, we're not taking listener picks. I'm going to leave it a little bit of a surprise. All I will say is the title of the episode is Nightmare Fuel, and this is probably the last video game series most of you would think would be featured on a Halloween episode. And Shukapow and I cannot wait to share it with you. You can look for the preview uh, next Tuesday as we have started launching the previews again on Off Weeks. Um, special thanks to Skeletroy who composed the music um, or arranged the music for the preview that we featured last week. Um, and finally, thanks again, Alex, for coming on the show. Why don't you tell us a little bit about our playout track? Well, I decided to pick something from a game that I absolutely despise. <laughs> and, and you seem to be in the majority uh, from the reviews I saw online. <laughs> what's this game called? It's called Ninja Bread Man. <laughs> uh, the track is Track One. That's a very that's a very yep, nice name. Sure. Uh, <laughs> it came out in 2005 for the PS2 and Windows. And then in 2007 for the Wii, uh, it was published by Data Design Interactive, and it was composed by Mrs. or Mr. Unknown. You know, Unknown composes a lot of uh, a lot of stuff. And on one of the reviews I saw, they actually, um, 
the few one of the few good things they could say about it was that the music is a little repetitive but decent. <laughs> so nice way to end out the show. I hear that the Wii version is especially horrible. Um, <laughs> it, this is kind of you know the Wii was well known for a lot of really great games, and then for every great game there were about nine or ten games that were just pure garbage. And this this I think is one of those games. But I did listen to the track, and it's a nice way to close close things. Yep. Out. So. Um, after this really fantastic batch of songs, everybody listen, chill out, and just kind of relax uh, before we get into what I'm sure is going to be an amazing blooper reel. Alex, once again, thank you so much for coming on the show. Well, thank you for having me. All right, everyone. Until next time, play very good games, be very good people, and keep listening to... Oh, I think that's your cue, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 yeah. Very good music. A VGM podcast. <laughs> and a VGM journey. Yeah, that too. Listen to that. We'll see you next time. listening to very good music a vgm podcast alex was gonna say that of course <laughs> <laughs> i was like getting ready to say it and then it, boom shoot kapow beat me to it are we gonna put all that in the blooper reel <laughs> you know what we just might you guys are just talking about fighting games and i'm over here like what's going on <laughs> And Shukapau, after we listen to this, you can go get a little snack. My teenager eats all the time, Alex. (laughs) Or I would prefer to. Curse, 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 curse. Bees, 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 bees. He was running from bees in Animal Crossing, and he made it to his door, and they got him. I pressed the A button. <laughs> no, not the bees. Not the bees. Oh, you were talking to me.
Uh, oh wait, were you talking to me? <laughs> oh, oh, oh man, what, what's going on, Bedroth? Uh, what's going on is I keep forgetting that everybody can't see me. So, um, uh, Alex, we'll start with you. There's that shopkeeper. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, but I always read it in Ed's voice. <laughs> the shopkeeper? Yeah. Oh man, that's amazing. <laughs> What's funny is, Shukapau, you're singing, and I think your headphones are slightly ahead of mine, and so I'm hearing your singing slightly after what I hear in my headphones from the computer, and it's really, really off. <laughs> And Alex is even further behind us, so I only imagine how it sounds to him. <laughs> I mean, it sounded pretty amazing. I was actually, like, mostly just listening to Shuka Palco than the actual song. <laughs> <laughs> and keep listening to... Oh, I think that's your cue, Alex. <laughs> oh, 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 yeah, very good music. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. A VGM podcast. <laughs> and a VGM journey. Yeah, that too. Listen to that. We'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs> that was flawless. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do